0: 500 The 500 J.A.M. been walking us down through That 2012 edition So it ain't nothing to you Hundreds more to go And in need of a friend The King of these for Angelo Talking the 500 until the end Talking the 500 until the end My man Jim On the 500 Talking the 500 until the end Uh, Hot pants That's where it's at That's where it's at Hot Hot pants. pants
3: Oh man If you guys just wait for a little bit into this episode and you hear me and Matt talk about Hot Pants, you're going to fucking laugh your ass off. Your ass off. That is Hot Pants by James Brown from his 1986 record, In the Jungle Groove. It's also number 324 out of 500 on the 500. What's up, y'all? Join the Patreon. Please, dear God. Uh, You know what to do. Patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast and we are sending hoodies and t-shirts out very shortly to all the patreon subscribers so you're going to get the hoodies everything that you've been paying for (laughs) thank you to everybody that is paying for the patreon we appreciate it uh keep it up man we need more uh what do i got going on this weekend uh february 18th and 19th i will be at laugh it up in poughkeepsie new york uh doing three shows then i will be in los angeles february 20th doing the goddamn comedy jam at the comedy store with zach Ass from jackass trevor wallace brian Posehn, uh Sklar brothers brian or brad williams and jamie kennedy and then the 21st of february because i'm taking over the store the full weekend i'm doing shimmy shimmy hour comics give away something real from their life uh it's dope dude to audience members and uh, I got Santino on it Anthony Jeselnik Ryan Sickler Jesse May Paluso, Brian Simpson both shows 8pm get tickets at thecomedystore.com I'll be in LA doing shows the 22nd and the 23rd as well and then the 24th through the 27th I will be at the House of Comedy in Arizona and you can get tickets at com. And then March 9th, I am in Aspen, Colorado. Aspen, Colorado. I gotta buy the tickets. Probably gonna be it's gonna be so expensive. Um, and then I'm doing I'm gonna be in L.A. and I'm gonna be in New York. I'm gonna be all over. So uh, get tickets at JoshAdamMeyers.com or follow me, Josh Adam Myers, on social media, on all social media. And uh, yeah, man, let's talk James Brown. <clears throat>
0: a good gun. <laughs> what well, I like it, the way I am. Um,
3: James Brown's just been in the ethos of music since the dawn of music. And uh, it was fun to listen to a record. Even though it's a compilation, it was fun. My guest today, man, that was fun. We did this one in my apartment together. You know how rare that's been? I gotta do more often of this because it, you just lose so much doing it over Zoom. Uh, Matt Richards Uh, you know Matt from being the host of HQ he is an incredible writer he works a lot with Snoop Dogg he did worked on Joker's Wild Um, he's been on Two Broke Girls, School of Rock Uh, he's an incredible comic an incredible magician and an incredibly funny person and we laughed our asses off today rate review and most importantly subscribe to the 500 and listen free on all platforms leave a 5 star review on Apple hook us up Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. joshadammyers.com for all tickets. Email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to the website that I hate more than anything in this world, the500podcast.com. Well, nothing left to say, but huh, ha,
0: here we go with 329 out of 500 Within the Jungle Groove by James Brown, who... A good God, Matt Richards, a huh. good God. My mic's about to fall off. Oh fuck, here we go. Wait till I tighten it or loosen it. Join in if you want to, dude. Ha! Gotta tighten that screw, now, Trying to tighten this. Haven't, That's what it gonna do. Haven't done a live recording in a long time. Tighten up, the screw! <laughs> you're my neighbor right across the street (laughs) Ah. didn't take it too long but i was still late Ah. well you are black very short commute (laughs) Ah. get down (laughs) a
3: destitute can we just do this for the next hour
4: i'm down (laughs) (laughs) my throat might not agree with me but I'll, i'll do it dude this
3: is so easy to do james brown god how does this guy have a career can I start with that? I don't even know if that's. I get it. Like I get. All right. I've now. All right. There's listeners right now that are like mad at me that I even said that. But uh, you know, they call him the hardest working dude in show business. Hardest working
4: man in showbiz. Godfather of soul.
3: So wh- why do we know that? Do we know why he got that? Did he just do shows? He nonstop.
4: Sleep. He wouldn't sleep, man.
3: That's cocaine.
4: Oh, most certainly. There's some <laughs> stimulants involved. <laughs> He's, you can tell from how he talked.
3: I always just feel like like he is like everything I know about him, he's guns. He I mean, is it's kind of bad, right? Am I wrong? Like guns, I think he's beat people. Uh I think he beat women.
4: I'm not too familiar with James's legacy. I mean, it was before my time. Uh I know the album that we're talking about today is it was eighty six when it was released. That is also before my time. I'm an '89 baby. Oh god, I, that fucking blows my mind. <laughs>
3: 1989. Where was I? I was in Germantown, Maryland. Fucking
4: some hoes
3: at nine.
0: <laughs> at nine years <laughs> old. <laughs> Play Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> little <'em>. baby hoes. <laughs> I just James Brown is like you know he's a
3: legend. I, I look at James Brown as as somebody that tr- it's like George Clinton, mm-hmm. but bigger. Uh, yeah. Do you okay. know what I mean? Like, like George Clinton actually didn't play any of the songs. Like he didn't even, I don't even know if he wrote everything. He just kind of orchestrated was what he might, he heard. Yeah. He was a glue it was what was in his head. He then told a, gr- a group of qualified musicians and they would do it.
4: This is the funk.
3: James Brown. Every song that you hear by James Brown almost sounds exactly like the previous song.
4: Uh, there's a lot of similarities
3: Talk closer to the mic
4: There's a lot of similarities There it is There we go, my bad Come on, dude, you <laughs> I was holding the mic down by my dick yeah.
0: It's feeling... big, it's black
3: <laughs>
4: I was feeling funky uh, I first got hip to James Brown, uh, honestly, through Eddie Murphy
3: Oh, from uh, Eddie, uh, James Brown's Hot Tub?
4: Yeah, no, I saw, I saw Delirious before I heard James Brown mm-hmm. I was like, I think I want to say five, six years old. Yeah. And uh, the James Brown impression that he did was hilarious. And my dad was like, oh, you like, you want to hear some James Brown? Put on some James Brown. And I ended up playing James Brown or singing James Brown. Papa's got a brand new bag in the uh, talent show. The, the sixth grade.
3: Yeah, dude.
4: We did a production of the Wiz. Yeah, dude. James Brown. Papa's <laughs> got a brand new bag was the flying monkey song. <laughs>
3: is that is that really the Wiz song? Yeah. I haven't seen the Wiz in a long time.
0: Come here, sister. Pop. Papa's in the swing. Yeah. Yeah. We follow the yellow road. Ha! Gotta go on down the road, y'all. Come on, motherfucker. We on that road. Come on, Dorothy. (laughs) You know you like it. Better grab your dog. Get the lion. What's going on? <laughs> get your heart, get your brain, get your confidence. <laughs> Come on, girl, we're gonna belong down the yellow
3: brick road of love. <laughs> is that really in there? Is that really James Brown song? It's is in
4: the soundtrack. Yeah.
3: Wow, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I remember it. It fucking rolling though.
4: The Whiz was, uh yeah, a classic. That was, that was Michael Jackson. That was uh,
3: uh Ben Vereen. Now was Ben Vereen. Um, oh, fuck me. Look, Diana whiz.
4: Ross was Dorothy. I'm
3: looking up the Whiz right now. Yeah, by yeah. the way, everybody. This is the. I should just preface by saying all of this. This is the first live 500 that I have done in the same room with the uh, guest that we have done since we did the Moon Tower one. So we don't have Adam here. So I'm looking everything up. So just know it's loose. It's mm-hmm. fun.
0: Lucy Goosey. All right, here we
3: go. Boom. Diane Keaton as Dorothy E. Gale. Ted Ross. Fleetwood couplement. I didn't know if it's, it's, it says Fleetwood Coop, but I put Cumplement. Michael Jackson is a scarecrow. You want to guess? Tin Man? Don't
4: look. I'm not looking.
3: Nipsey Russell. I
4: thought you were gonna say Nipsey Hussle. I was like, Nipsey that.
3: Hussle. That was before and, his time as well. And his Ten Laws of Attraction. Posted <laughs> by Tony Baker. Every week on the week, Mabel King as the Wicked Witch, <laughs> she's so sweet looking. I should be the Witch. Lena Horn as Glinda, uh, Richard Pryor, as you said, and uh, Teresa Merritt as Aunt M. Is it Aunt or aunt? What do you say?
4: I say aunt because I'm from the Northeast.
3: Where do they say aunt?
4: Probably places where they uh they get down with relatives
3: <laughs> you're my
4: aunt baby. <laughs> my aunt no, my
3: aunt aunt. My aunt so i so so you that was the first time you heard james brown you heard him in in so you're like what five years old you said
4: five six mm-hmm. i mean i saw the yeah i saw the wiz as a child and delirious as a child and then pops would play James Brown.
3: Did your dad introduce you to a lot of music? Like you, I met your dad. Your dad's awesome. He's the oh, coolest yeah, he's guy I've ever met in, in my <laughs> life. Every time I meet him, he's eating he's eating appetizers from the comedy
4: cellar at Sipping on beers. Half price or, or <laughs> completely
3: free over at the VU. So what did he what did he have in your household growing up?
4: So it was his mom mom was a uh, a rapper in the eighties. Yeah, you said that. What was her Again? name? Nasty T. Nasty T, y'all. Nasty T <laughs> in the place to be. Nasty T. She used to do like the basement parties all over like Queens and the Bronx when she was younger. New yeah. York born and bred you? Yep. Okay. Both parents from here. Uh but I was born and raised in the church. So my parents were very like religious. I don't know how mom went from rapping. About dicks and stuff to to Jesus, but
3: <laughs> it's usually she, yeah, made, go, she made the maze.
0: Switch. <laughs> maze did
3: that, yeah. But he didn't really rap about bitches and pussy. He that was like maze already was
4: like money and bitches a little bit, and then he was like, "I'm gonna be a fucking preacher."
3: I was hoping Mays Maze would have
4: come out of the Super Bowl. That that would have been. He didn't have any Dr. Dre produced shit. That was the yep oh, yep. Media. Now you're right. <laughs> like that
3: all that just shows how dumb I was. Do you think that Super Bowl uh, was the great? Because people are saying the greatest Super Bowl halftime performance of all time.
4: I think it was the best one I had ever seen. Better than Prince. I love Prince, but I mean this one was so dope. Better than Beyonce. I think it was better than Beyonce. Oh, she I, she cut she killed the power. it's, it's hard to compare. Beyonce killed it. Prince killed it, but this one had so, just so many dope ass moments. It was fly. I just thought, I don't know. Uncle Snoop, fucking Dr. Dre, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick. And the, the Golden
3: Lords. I thought it was kind of funny when uh, Mary J. Blige started doing, like, you know, Stop Beating on Your Man song. <laughs> <laughs> was, like, started patting her weave. like She was getting it in,
4: man.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to cry. Home. Stop all the violence.
4: Mary was the first Taylor Swift. All her songs were sad and about breakups and shit.
3: Love Mary J. Blige. I, you know what's funny about Mary J. Blige? So I, you might have heard of this show. I worked on. When I first moved to L.A., I worked on a, a reality show porno uh, for Playboy TV called what? called Foursome. Do you ever hear of it? No. Two guys, two girls, and then an extra one. Usually it could be like three girls and two guys or three guys and two girls. They go to a mansion in the Hollywood Hills. They feed them alcohol. That's five people. Yes. Okay. But the whole idea is that there's four. that are like So uh, two couples are going to hook up and one's going to be shit out of luck or the other one's going to join in. And these are all like actors and bartenders and good looking people. Like okay. all of them were really good looking people on every a couple times. There was some grumplings. Um, <laughs> Trollops. Just, it was bad. Sometimes. Most of the time, very attractive. And so what they did is they fed him alcohol and we were in this mansion in the Hollywood Hills. And lo and behold, uh, one of the mansion that we were doing the shooting at, they was actually owned by Mary J. Blige for a portion of time. And there was a studio in the basement and this black driver that worked on the show. I remember we were carrying something down to, towards the studio and remember he's just like looking at it like, Oh man. He's like, This is where she did it, y'all. <laughs> this is where she did it. Oh man, the hits in here. Maybe she probably too, got beat bro. over there by a man and over there is where she was <laughs> oh, so fucked up.
4: <laughs> How can we I, I forgot. Rick uh Richard Pryor was the whiz. I said that. You did? I did say that. Oh, I didn't think you... Oh, okay. <laughs> I literally was like, Richard Pryor.
3: I pointed right at you. And I was like, <laughs> Richard Pryor, the whiz. I'm locked in now. No, 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 which is good. Because I'm, I'm not. I've got to... Like, I get the fuck away from me. She so- loves you. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten
1: mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. apply.
2: This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week,
3: All right, so 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 you, what? So your mom's into hip hop. What is your dad into?
4: My dad was very much into like gospel music. He liked, uh, you know, like Fred Hammond and and Commission and all these gospel acts. So that was a lot of what was played. I didn't really listen to like, quote unquote, secular music, until I was, maybe, 10, 11.
3: Well, what did you first start getting into then?
4: Uh, I'm not gonna lie. The first non gospel <laughs> music that I bought was The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Oh, I remember when that came out. came out on my birthday.
0: That
3: boy is my. mine. Never seen my I would
4: just play that shit because I thought they, like in my 10-year-old brain, they were singing about me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you take it easy, ladies. Ladies, ladies, Monica. All right, I choose Brandy. This is
3: enough 10-year-old <laughs> me to go around. You know what? On, uh, on second thought, I'm going back to Monica. <laughs> no need to fight, y'all. <laughs> Brandy had a career. Monica. Monica made some hits. What did she make?
4: Uh give me a second. Okay, because there's quite I'll pull a few. Monica has some bangers. I can't call them off the top of my head right now because of the years. She has
3: <laughs> one song. Weed abuse. What Monica hits. The boy is mine. Every time the beat drop, I have no idea what that song is. Angel of Mine don't you? Every time the beat drop yeah
0: every time the beat drop
4: ah this Snippet has recently made uh, a resurgence in popularity on TikTok. Really? That little beat? Yeah. They, br- br- that's Jermaine Dupri. Jermaine Dupri. T- uh,
3: everything is fucking... They, there's a song by uh, Billy Joel called Zanzibar that he played at the show the other night. And like he was like he even prefaced it by saying, like, this has uh, become a new hit because of TikTok. And <laughs> TikTok? it's so not a TikTok song. Um, I don't know if I've heard Zanzibar. See, so it's a... Uh, Fuck, I'll play it. How's it go? I'm going to play it. For me,
0: for me, I got the old man's car, I got a jazz guitar,
1: I got a tab at Sainsaw Ball.
3: Tonight. <laughs> this is so not James Brown or even remotely close to the music that we're talking about.
0: Not even a little bit. So it did. So you, so you get
3: into, you start getting into secular music, which is such a funny word for me. Secular music. It's just like, I get it. There's, worldly. there's Christian, worldly, not uh,
0: of Jesus,
3: you know, and so and so when and so do you start getting into like hip hop and because I feel like you, you know, shortly
4: after the boy is mine, I, I started hearing all kinds of other shit. And then my mom got a job working at uh, Bad Boy Entertainment. So it was everything. It was like fucking full speed. I was like, what is all this shit that I've never been listening to? Biggie and uh, Craig Mack and fucking then like Run DMC and EPMD and all these artists that I had no idea existed. So I, I I I was binging hip hop,
3: yeah, and, and you still listen to a lot of hip hop today, like, right? primarily.
4: That's that's all I felt. do. You
3: listen to rock? Uh,
4: no. <laughs> no, no, I gotta be in a rock mood.
3: What 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 puts you in a rock mood?
4: Uh, white girls, <laughs> <laughs> white women put me in a rock mood. No, I don't even get over here, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> Let's listen to some Papa Roach. No, I I don't, I don't honestly. I don't really listen to rock. I get it. I sat down with James Madden and he tried to uh, put me onto some metal and I was like Ah <laughs> you hear Metallica, you have no you have no like It doesn't I don't I can't I can tap I can tap my foot to it. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not like oh, I gotta play this in the gym. So it's so funny
3: about about like and yeah, I don't know how this is going to come off the difference between like what some black people will accept as music and then what white people will accept as music. Because I feel like white people, well, cause we're so influenced by the black culture and we like, you know, we steal words, we steal the looks, you know, basically everything. We steal everything. We, we are, yeah, it's true. Uh,
4: there'd be no rock without, uh, you know, with black, black people.
3: And that's what I'm saying is that rock music, it's easier for a white guy to listen to hip hop music than black it is started rock. For uh, sure What was her name The uh, Rosetta Tharp Rosetta Tharp Is the originator Of rock and roll Is that what you're saying
4: Sister Rosetta Tharp
3: What is this she's, In like the 1800s
4: was referred to As the mother of rock 1915
3: Yeah it makes sense That's early Yeah But do you see what I'm saying It's like It's like where Where a white kid In the suburbs Like myself Could I remember hearing Public Enemy mm-hmm. Who is heavily sa- Who heavily samples James Brown Yeah And, and we'll talk about that Um and it's easier for me to listen to Public Enemy and be like, "This shit fucking rules," than a black guy to listen to like Slayer and be like, Ugh. "Do you know what I mean?" I
4: know black guys that love rock. I just never, I've never been able to relate to uh, the songs that I've heard, at least.
3: Is there, what's the rock that you do? Kind of would you say that if you were like, who sings Cherry Pie? <laughs> Warren. Cheese my,
0: terrified.
3: everybody. I can't go drink a water, make a cheese. Yeah, huh? that
4: video was so fucking good. sick. Yeah, I got you. that video gave me a boner. I was like, I fucks <laughs> with this song. This song is cool.
3: What is that? Is that up there in the most boner-inducing music videos?
4: It just anytime I hear it, I see you know, I see a, an out of work uh, ballerina on a pole. Just trying to get back. Trying to get that money.
3: All right, let's talk about James Brown. Yes. Let's talk about James Brown. So what's your relationship like now with James Brown? Because, what, which also I found very funny, is I saw you the night after you had agreed to do it, and you came up to me and you're like, you could have just asked me. You, you could have <laughs> just texted me and said, can you do my podcast? Instead, <laughs> I went through the proper channels.
4: Yeah, that was very professional. My manager hit me up there like, hey, you got an offer to do Josh Adam Meyers' podcast. <laughs> I was like, I know that nigga. You're like, offer? Yeah, I'll do it. How much you pay? <laughs> Nothing. I'm down.
3: <laughs> Those are my
4: favorite offers. <laughs> that's, that's so ridiculous. Offer to hang.
3: So, but, but I mean, because I know that James Brown is just in the ethos of music and, of course. and in black culture. Yeah. It's just, I don't think I've ever met any uh, black person in my life that has ever been like, James Brown's terrible. Mm-mm. There's something beautiful about his music. There's something that I think just like, like I said, it transcends race. Uh, it's You can't listen to James Brown and not dance.
4: He had a house in Queens uh, around where I grew up. And I'll always remember passing it with like my parents or grandparents and yeah. pointing it out. Like, oh, James Brown used to own this mansion. And I was like, fuck. That's cool. Big? It was huge? A massive house uh, in Addisley Park in Queens. That's like technically. That's Jamaica, Queens, mm-hmm. but it's a big ass crib. And, uh, I was like, one day I got to get a house like that. It's I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's big. This is big.
3: Let's find out what James Brown net worth was. Would you want to take a guess? Uh, before he died or if, like at his peak? I mean, we're just going by. <laughs> this is hilarious because it's not going to give you, uh, all right, this is what is. Let's go to what it's worth today, because this right here it says anywhere from five million to a hundred million, which is a fucking
4: that's huge a, yeah, gap. That's a massive range. All right, they say hundred uh, million, no cocaine, five million daily. <laughs> dude, use. did crack, dude? <laughs> Godfather
3: sold did Krizak All right, what do you think his his estate is worth today? This is December fifteenth, twenty
4: twenty one. That house that I was talking about in Queens. Just what his whole estate. estate? Uh, does his estate own his masters? Yes, said about forty mil.
3: Ninety. ninety. It says ninety million dollars. Wow. So obviously, I mean, the guy's on tour all the time. He's made a shitload of songs album. every every album, basically to me, like I said at the beginning, kind of sounds the same. It's all about getting up. getting down. <laughs> getting down. Sometimes getting involved. Groovin', Yeah. Moving. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one, this record, because this doesn't have any of the real hits on it that you know. If you go on like the Spotify um, you know, top five songs, I don't think any of these that are on this record.
4: So as I was listening to In the Jungle Groove, yeah, I, I saw that it was released in eighty six, but it was recorded like two decades before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why did you sit on it for so long? So a lot of the tracks on it have, I mean, it's, it's very like hip hop.
3: Well, that's, that's, you know, this what you're saying right now is a perfect segue into the background on this record. Let's so, do it. So I can tell you guys, you know, let's do a little bit about James Brown. Uh, Godfather Soul, born in South Carolina in 33 Uh Grew next door in Georgia, beginning his career as a gospel singer, national attention in the mid-50s, lead singer of a group called the Famous Flames. Uh, uh, It was around that time that the Funk Icon's reputation as being an outstanding performer began to take hold. By the time the 60s rolled around, Mr. Dynamite, which is one of his names, good name, was peaking in popularity with hits like Papa's Got a Brand New Bag. It's it's a man's man's world. This is a man's world. You got a good voice, dude. I'm working on it. Gotta, nah, you doing the you doing the jam next month? All right, What's, I'm what, with it. You heard it here, people. Hey. Later in the decade, he shifted from blues gospel combo to an Africanized approach to music making, emphasizing stripped down interlocking rhythms that influenced the development of funk music. Uh, influence? I mean, he made funk. He created funk.
4: He, he made the music nasty. Made you want to fucking get close to it later and just
3: groove baby groove which really just means dry hump um scrooge is scro- the
4: godfather of the scrooge <laughs> scrooge
3: get over here girl let me scrooge you real quick oh yeah you feel you that mind if i <laughs> scrooge you up
0: <laughs> we should write that oh you mind if i scrooge you up <laughs> you mind if you scrooge me
3: down By the early 70s, Brown had fully established the funk sound after the formulation of his backing band, The JBs, with records such as Get Up, I Feel Like Being a Sex Machine, The Payback, which is a great song. He also noted for songs of social commentary, including "68 Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. Mm -hmm. Uh, Disco took its toll on Brown's popularity, though, and his career took a dip, Uh, but but it took a bit of a hit uh, because in the late 80s... um, I might have read that wrong. The album uh, we're talking about today, though, was an effort to put Soul Brother number one back on the map. And then he continued to perform uh, until his death of pneumonia in 2006. So Brown is also a little fact was one of the first 10 musicians inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. I think that's pretty cool. So obviously that's how important he is. If he's one of the first 10, he was also inducted as part as a first class of rhythm and blues music hall of fame in 2013, uh, as an artist. Then again in 17 as a songwriter, uh, and going by, uh, Rolling Stone magazine, he is ranked number seven in the greatest artists of all time. I mean, let's find out who's before that. Coming in, at, we're going to all right. I'm going down because this is what's coming up easy. Number ten, Ray Charles. Nice. Uh, number nine, Aretha Franklin. Facts. Number eight, Little Richard.
4: What, Baba
3: Number seven, James Brown. Number six, Lil Nas X. No, no I'm kidding.
4: <laughs> I said, no! no! No!
3: God! No! <laughs> Number six, Jimi Hendrix. Dope. Number five, Chuck Berry. Dope. Number four, The Rolling Stones.
4: I gotta get familiar with these guys.
3: Number three, Elvis Presley. Number two, Bob Dylan. Number one, The Beatles.
4: Where's Michael Jackson?
3: Let's go to Let's go to ten twenty through eleven. Uh, Bo Diddley at twenty.
4: Wait, who? Where's Michael Jackson?
3: Marvin Gaye at 18, Muddy Water 17, Sam Cooke 16. Sam Cooke deserves to be in the top 20 for sure. Stevie Wonder, uh, Led Zeppelin at 14, Stevie 13 Buddy Ollie, up. 12 Beach Boys, 11 Bob Marley. So I'm going deeper now. Nirvana at 30. I mean, The Who, Clash, oh. Prince. What, Fuck, dude! Ramones. What white person
4: wrote this list? Fats
3: Domino, Jerry Lee Lewis, Bruce Springsteen. Come on, this is white guy's U2, list. Otis Redding. I mean, Michael Jackson's not even in the top fucking thirty,
4: dude. Ridiculous.
3: But Bowie, Lennon. They got Lennon. Here you go. Madonna, Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson at thirty-five.
4: Bought the Beatles.
3: Yeah, that's fucked up though. I didn't like that. I, I always hated that. That he bought the. Beatles. I'm gonna buy
0: your songs. Paul Go go ahead and try (laughs) Oh you bought him Oh never mind I forgot how rich you are There's
4: a rumor He did that with Eminem as well Eminem talked shit about him And then he owned All Eminem's masters So anytime Eminem (laughs) Sang a song Mike got paid
3: Who did the best last night?
4: Honestly I'm biased I, I think Snoop Yeah
3: he had the most fun.
4: Yeah. He looked, he like, looked like he was having a good time. He was
3: smoking that joint before, right? Right,
4: right off, uh, off the side of the, the, the trailer thing. He had a little blunt, and he was, like, hitting it, and he put it down, and he was like, all right, it's time to rep. I mean, every <laughs> everybody made that
3: joke that, that, like, 50 Cent turned into a full dollar. Yep. Like, I saw that. I was
4: guilty. I I, I I thought I was original, was a lot dude. Not a lot it's, of parallel thought. Lot, it's that. How can you fucking not? It's the E M <laughs> motherfucker. Low that? hanging
0: fifty, dude. That <laughs> is
3: why. So to the fleece army out there, Matt. Not only is an incredible comic, he's an incredible magician. He's he's just a great performer. If you ever get a chance to see Thank Matt, go see him. I, I love watching you. You always make me laugh. Uh, Tell everybody what you're doing with your special, because it's very 50 Cent.
4: I mean, yeah. So I think 50 might have heard me talk about it. Uh, (laughs) On July 30th, I'm going to hang upside down uh, 80 feet over the Hudson River uh, in a straitjacket. And then I'll escape from the straitjacket and then attempt to do an hour of comedy upside down. Brilliant. I'll be there. I still have to write upside down material. You're not just going to do your regular set? No, it's got to be. About being upside
3: down. Ricky Velez had the best uh, thing ever in <laughs> this little promo video. You can watch it on his Instagram, and it's all over. But <laughs> he goes, as Julio
4: Gallarotti said, I oh. never, I never did a special right side up, <laughs> right side up. <laughs>
3: just, you know, you got to start somewhere, man. Yeah. You know, upside down is the way to do it. We're gonna make it work. I can't wait to watch it. It's gonna be, it's gonna be phenomenal. You, you officially after that will be the hardest working man in comedy.
4: I'm trying, baby. I'm trying to do some different shit. I, I was listening to Busta Rhymes. And he said, "When I was a shorty, I fell and I bumped my head." And he's yeah. like, "What you gonna do?" And he's like, "I gotta, I gotta flip it on him, flip Mo squad." All right, here goes. So
3: back in the jungle, let's get back to in the jungle groove. Comes yes. in at sixty-three minutes and seventeen seconds. Feels long, feels like it, but you know what? It doesn't. It's it, it's long. Like there are certain parts where you're like, they could cut this song. They could cut it. They cut That's two minutes. That's also
4: back when songs were a lot longer. Nowadays, a song is like two minutes and thirty seconds.
3: Because of TikTok.
4: Well, the, even shorter now with TikTok. And this cat's putting out like I remember when Method Man and Redman made the Rock, Wild, the Rock Wilder. That was what two forty. I don't that remember. Was, I think, I think short, but
3: it was short. It was really short.
4: Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah. I think a lot of it has to do with TikTok. I think everything videos we, we attention spans are shorter. Fifteen seconds, dude.
4: Back you, then, it wasn't shit else to do but listen to a, a seven and a half minute James Brown and fucking song. dance. Yeah. And dan-
3: you dance to this music. People got sweaty. You know, I was talking last night, like, dude, professional dancers, like, their lives are fucking weird, dude. Like, that's what you're dedicated your you dedicate your life to being in this studio with people around you going like, eh,
4: pop, eh, ta, it's like. You know? I danced for years. I did ballet, tap, jazz,
0: <laughs> You're Sammy
4: Davis Jr. Hey, I'm trying to write his, uh, movie. I could see that. Yeah. Give,
3: give me, give me play a part in it?
4: I got you. Come
3: I got you for sure. All right, here we go. In the jungle groove. Uh, this is a compilation album that was released in 1986. Hip hop was a format that was beginning to gain footing in the mid eighties. And Brown's music was popular in those circles. Tracks like funky drummer were heavily sampled in the hip hop world. So this was an attempt to try and capitalize off of that. The album is a mix of unreleased tracks, alternate takes and remixes This compilation preceded another compilation album that came out two years later called Motherload. The album's tracks were recorded in four locations, Cincinnati, Miami, Macon, Georgia, and New York City. Uh, The album's title is taken from a song recorded back in 1970, but the full version of In the Jungle Groove remains unissued. The intro to this track can be heard at the beginning of I Gotta Move on this album, though. While the first few numbers here feature Brown's Sidemen, uh, who were in on his mid-eight, mid-60s 8 mid hits, the majority feature the original JB's outfit, his backing band, and that helped the singer forge several extended and functifying tracks during the 70s. And in the year 2000, ooh, this is a goodie, Vibe magazine included this album on their list of 100 essential albums of the 20th century. What do you think of that?
4: vibe
3: vibe magazine so it's black magazine
4: <laughs> I was like all right they got michael jackson on that list <laughs> Remember, he's got
3: five of them on there yeah. he got dangerous i mean post pedophilia ones
0: <laughs> get up and jam <laughs> i yeah.
3: like that video i like the one the video with him and uh his sister where they're in like scream yeah
4: yes
0: I your you I make, you make you want to scream. Make you want to scream.
4: Yes, that was the most expensive music video in the world at that time. You know, it was like two mil. You Speaking of expensive, this,
3: this this today's podcast is all over the place. We'll get back we're, to James we're, Brown. Yeah,
4: we're hipping and hopping. We're man. hipping and hopping. We're like James
3: Brown, we're extended. Help me. <laughs> We're in the jungle grooves, baby, I got it. dude. Um, did you see the? Did you see the trailer for the new Lord of the Rings yes. TV show? That's the most expensive TV show of all time. Do you want to know how much it costs? Bezos
4: got it, almost a billy. Oh, half a billion,
3: yeah, half four hundred and eighty million dollars. That's almost a billion. This album cost eight bucks to, and, to buy it, eight bucks to, eight, to make it, to, to make. <laughs> it was all paid for in cocaine.
4: Yep. Um, worth of coke.
3: So by the numbers, this is a uh, (laughs) straight-up compilation record. Like we said, it's a mix of unreleased tracks, alternate takes, and remixes. Does it feel that way to you, or does it play like a conventional studio release?
4: After the first listen, I didn't really see... There was no, like, through line. So I didn't... I was like, oh, this is... I didn't know anything about it. I just listened to it, and I was like, oh, this is a... it's kind of all over the place
3: You felt it was all over the place A little I See, I didn't experience that I thought this was one record I, I listen before I do any research mm-hmm. I do the research after the fact Yeah And uh, one, I can't recommend this album uh, In the gym This is a fucking fun album To listen to in the gym Especially right from the beginning track well,
4: Back to I get my first, uh I I'm started with my trainer today So this is going to be on my playlist for sure dude you're gonna
3: look so fucking sexy dude I have
4: to I gotta get rid of this dad bod
3: that's all that dude I see what you eat at the cellar bro
4: you eat late you eat late like me dude and then I keep eating when I get home what kind of snacks you got not even snacks. I'll straight up cook. I'll make a lasagna at 4 a.m. dog. <laughs> what are you doing? A lasagna like not even like a small pan, like for a family of six. <laughs> You're
3: like, I'm feeding the Sopranos. Yep. This is all ZD. Yeah, and... Get uh, get over here. I'm making
4: my sauce. <laughs>
3: get in my belly.
4: Sunday sauce.
3: <laughs> You're gonna it's easy. You once you start working out, I'm telling you, I'm I'll tell you right it. now. I'm dreading it. Why?
4: Cause the gym is not fun. Anybody says they have fun at the gym. Is a psychopath
3: Okay, then I'm a psychopath Yes, you're, you're nuts But I'm, I i can't do fentanyl anymore So, this, so the gym is hey. The gym is something Alright, so you didn't think this was You felt like this was all over You felt like this had a compilation vibe to it
4: Like hot pants And it's juxtaposition after a song like um, the the What's it, the drummer, drummer man? Funky drummer? Funky drummer Let me see
0: It's not just the list of what I'm up
2: to this weekend. I'm comedian Kiki Anderson, and those are just a handful of the taboo topics I've poked and prodded at so far on my podcast, Indecent, the show where we peel at the wallpaper of polite society. Each episode digs into the dark underbelly of our culture to dissect the things
0: we aren't allowed to talk about around the dinner table, featuring conversations with comedians, activists, journalists, academics. They all help me figure out the who, what, and why behind what is and
2: isn't acceptable behavior. Indecent with Kiki Anderson, where NSFW
1: meets LMAO.
2: Mwah.
3: So, all right, so here yeah, let's do some tracks first while we talk about that. Yeah, so yeah. it opens with It's a New Day. Uh, this was originally released in 1970 as the B-side to the single of Brown's cover of Georgia On My Mind. It peaked at number three on the album charts. Let me pull up and we'll play a little taste of it. With this album, you almost can just play it right from the beginning. Fellas,
0: things on got too far gone.
3: I, lo- I love an intro like this. We got
0: to let the girls know what they got to do for us. Yeah. This ain't got to be a drag, man. A man can't do nothing no more. Yeah. <laughs> it's really a drag. You got to do something. Can I tell them? Let <laughs> me. Girl, let me tell you.
3: This I mean, is on the album albumist. She's got to use what she's got. Uh, this was on... Yeah, well, all I've got is originally released 70 B-side of the single uh, Georgia On My Mind. Um this is a great song this is a great song it's six and a half minutes long long song long song
4: that long 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 song
3: so and then you go into funky drummer which Mm -hmm. this is one of the most frequently sampled music recordings of all time it is used by hip-hop acts including public enemy nwa ll cool j run dmc the beastie boys dr dre Heavy D and Crisscross, and this is fucking stupid. Later, pop musicians such as Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, Sheeran, fuck yeah, yeah. Sheeran. I do not listen to his music. And Michael George Michael was thinking out loud. Also used it as a, I think that's one of his songs. Yeah. yeah,
4: okay, that's a good joke. I'll give it to you. I don't, I don't know. I just know.
0: Oh, you got to be loving my kid,
4: What's that wedding song he made that everybody? It's probably pussy He's thinking shit. out loud. I think. Probably.
3: I don't know. I don't like his shit. I'm not saying I don't like People it.
4: People fall in love in You said you didn't listen to rock. That's Ed Sheeran.
3: He's not rock? He's white.
4: Is he rock? That's not rock.
3: Does he even have a rock song? Fleece Army, get at me. Uh, here, Fleece Army. This is If you listen to the episode, tag uh, Ed Sheeran is rock. tag that we'll know you listen to the episode uh as of january 2020 more than 1500 songs are credited with sampling this track
4: that's where the 90 million comes from
3: so the drum break which is what i'm about to play Mm -hmm. on this track is performed by renowned funk drummer clyde stubblefield as stubblefield did not receive a songwriter credit for funky drummer this fucking sucks he received no royalties for the sampling And he told the New York Times in 2011, it didn't bug me or disturb me, but I think it's disrespectful not to pay people for what they use. Stubblefield capitalized on the name with his 1997 album, Revenge of the Funky Drummer. Wow, that breaks my heart, man. Because this is one of the most famous...
4: Artists gotta get paid, man. One, two, three, four, get it!
3: Yeah, I mean, That's hip-hop. that That's is hip hop. That's boom
4: boom cat, boom boom cat. But it's
3: the the fact that he didn't get that sucks. You ever gotten screwed like that? You ever done you ever done a beat on an album You got screwed? No. You ever, what's your biggest uh, the biggest fuck over you've gotten in the industry?
4: I don't. Uh,
3: if you don't mind me talking, well, about I
4: signed it. A, a really shitty contract for a TV show about uh, hunting ghosts. I was a ghost hunter in 2012. Of course, you were. Uh, it was on Wee TV. It was called Ghosts in the Hood. That contract, uh, it was on some like in perpetuity throughout the universe shit. Yeah, and they wouldn't let me work on other projects. And at that time, like MTV was hitting me up to do shit tons of pilots, and everything had to be cleared by the f- fucking by we assholes. No, no, not we. It was by the, the producers. Production. Yeah, uh, the production company, the producers that I worked with on the show were cool as fuck. Still friends to this day. Sure. But the production company owners, the Gurneys, I didn't, uh, I don't care for them too much. Man. It cost me a lot of money not being able to work on other stuff.
3: Hashtag fuck Gurneys. <laughs> G-U-R-N-E-Y-S.
4: Yeah, man. Um, I did, Uh, there was, okay. The, I, You ever, you ever write a joke for a friend? Yeah. Yeah. I well, this is a proud moment, so it's an opposite of a fuck over because seeing the joke do well brought me nothing but joy and like it was dope that I could think of something that made my friend get some more you know shine yeah get yeah. some laugh yeah so I, it was me and Derek Gaines man I love that dude to death shout out Derek Gaines we were on the road in Rhode Island sitting in our hotel room getting ready to do a college show and there was a fucking commercial that came on with some biscuits and there was like a underlying beat. And I just started freestyling a song about the biscuits. I was like, Everybody's happy that mama done made the biscuits and the baby's going to have himself a biscuit today. We're dying in the hotel room. And then I'm like, Hey man, you can have that. That's more your style anyway. And then he did it at the college and it fucking murdered. And I was like, Oh, give me the joke back. Can get that? Ah. Let me get that joke back. So he gave it back to me. And then I do it in the village at, like, the, the Village Lantern, it was a bar show, fucking seven German tourists and, like, a lonely Asian dude were the only people in there. And I do the joke, and they're like, what? <laughs> I got drugged, I gave it back to him. It's yours. And then a week later, he was passed at the cellar. Oh. <laughs> Everybody was
0: like, I love that joke!
4: The joke's great. And I just sat, like, okay, no, that's good, that's good. And my dad was like, A- if you could write something that does something like that for your friend, you could write something for yourself. 100%. And I said, cool. And he said, but also, don't you never give nobody
3: else a joke again. <laughs> oh, your dad sounded like the beginning to fucking like a James Brown yeah. song. Don't
0: you never give somebody else a joke again. Yeah.
3: Fuck, man. Yeah. Look, it's, I get it. And that's a, he kills with that. Yeah. And it's a great joke. And you have a million other jokes that are hilarious. Yeah. And and that's that's a blessing.
4: I be thinking of shit on the fly. I like, I like I love performing with a live band. I know you have so much love experience it. with that. As a comic that likes music, you, I'm definitely influenced by a James Brown. and Because I don't think he wrote half the shit that he would say at his live shows. No. He would go with the flow. That's funk.
3: Yeah, it is funk.
4: It's improv.
3: Uh, many drummers put this track on the Mount Rushmore of drum performances, including Talking Heads Chris France, uh, who told Song Facts uh, what makes it so impressive. It's highly syncopated, and there's more than one syncopation going on. It's like the layers of an onion. You have one layer of syncopation, and you have another, and possibly even another on top of that. It's what we call polyrhythmic, and it's very sexy, very good for dancing. France, I hope I said That's when your
4: rhythm is allowed to date other rhythms.
3: <laughs> it's fucking, it's a Bukaki <laughs> beat. France <laughs> says he tries to approximate it on the Talking Head songs, The Great Curve and Cross-Eyed Painless. So we just talked about how that song, Funky Drummer, is, is like, I mean, hip-hop's so popular in 86 when this comes out. Yeah, man. How genius was it to come out with this compilation in 86 when hip-hop was in this rare form and sampling was really taking off?
4: Any artist that has longevity has to have those periods in their career where they evolve and adapt to whatever the fuck is hot. Because if you stay in one lane, you're going to get passed. You're going to get lapped. You're going to get forgotten. You're going to become a dude of that time. So it was super genius. I mean, you look at cats like Snoop. Snoop changes every fucking, every decade. Snoop got a different thing. He might talk shit about it for a little bit. Like I remember he was dissing the Migos. But then he was like, "Okay, this is what's hot right now. <laughs> I gotta, yeah, we got get get on this, get on this wave."
0: Ooh, <laughs>
4: vaping. <laughs> I'm vaping. Dude, yeah. I, was, I couldn't get it out. I was like, get it out. Dude, "This is
3: a, this is a rare thing to be able to vape with my guest." Yeah, man. This is, Cheers. This clink. Um, I do think this I do think this is a great way for James. I mean, he probably made so much money from this record. Hell yeah. You know, you think about it, it was like if hip hop's taking off and all these artists are blowing up in hip hop and then James is like, yo you got your shit from me. I am the godfather of the hip hop beat, not just the godfather of soul. I mean, that sells more tickets. And i and you know, some of these people might shout him out and, and then he gets paid from it. And then some like funky drummer, which we said has been sampled literally thousands of, of times. Speaking of that, who do you think did it best? Like we have like just a couple off the, off the top, bring the noise and fight the power by public enemy. I mean, Fight the Power is so iconic. But wait, dude. Just wait. Mama Said Knock You Out. Fuck. By LL Cool J. Fuck the Police by NWA. Are you ready for this one? Let Me Ride by Dr. Dre. Out of those, ah, who did it better?
4: Fight the Power and Fuck the Police were both such fucking hard-hitting songs when they were released. It's hard to... Pick between the two, but those are definitely the top two. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, when when hip hop started, it's not like cats had access to drums and uh, you know shit to make their own beats. So they yeah. would take their parents' fucking records, mm-hmm. which ended up being James Brown and 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 cats like that, and they would fucking scratch those to spit their rhymes on. So it's like it was only it was only right for, for James to to drop i also think i also
3: think it's kind of funny that he was inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame the same year this came out i think there's a correlation behind that i
4: think that like you got to remind motherfuckers yeah
3: and that's yeah, what he dude. did yeah and it just shows everybody that now he doesn't just transcend and become the guy that created funk and soul uh, but he's, or maybe he didn't create them, but he did it better than it's most a flex. people. It's a, flex. He, it's a flex. And then to be like, oh yeah, motherfuckers I birthed you. I birthed hip hop too. some of the best beats. And I mean, no, in 86, mama said, knock you out. It's not out. Uh, I think, I don't think a couple of these are, no, but this is like
4: early nineties,
3: early nineties. All right. So if I got to pick one, I'm going to say fight the power. Cause I think fight the power is more prolific and more easily, uh, listenable than fuck the police. True. And Mama said, "Knock you out" is is a great song. It's to be my honest with you, it's one of it's probably the only LL Cool J song that I really like, except for uh, the. And iron- I'm
4: alone in my room. And sometimes <laughs> I stare at the wall, and in the back of my mind, I hear my <laughs> conscience call.
3: No, I also like, uh, you know, they call me Big,
0: big Da Make your head, oh, go make your head, not we gonna do That song
4: slaps too. Slap,
3: but I like it ironically. <laughs> uh, I like it ironically. You wanna get your head? Don't you go get, get your head. head Is all right. So let's see. We got. Let's, let's go see any more tracks to talk about. Yeah, funky drummer. Give it up or turn it loose. You like hot pants? I like hot pants. I was listening to that in the shower we before I came hot over. Pants. Here. Hot pants. The final track, but it's also called hot pants. She gotta use what she gotta get what she wants. <laughs> She got. To, did they say that right? She got to use what she got to get what she wants. I think,
4: James, think that- James saw a bad bitch walking past in some hot pants. He was like, she <laughs> got to use what she got to get what she want. And then somebody's like, write that down, James. Oh, now, my God. The title- that is
0: the funniest because it happened. <laughs> the title is he was
4: sitting somewhere and saw a little cute thing. He was like.
0: Yeah, hot pain <laughs> Now she
4: got to use what she got to, to get, get what, what she wants.
0: <laughs> hey, I you, got it. You know that's true, James. And they snapped him up. <laughs> you like, know that's right. You know that's right, baby. <laughs> get her over here.
3: Hot pain uh, I do love that. Uh notable samplings from this conclude uh Fight the Power once again by Polygonemy, Fool's Gold by the Stone Roses. Ooh, yeah, it's true. Step Back in Time by Kylie Minogue. Yeah, this is a fucking cheese ball McGee. Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Oh,
4: hilarious.
3: Yeah. This is good I mean Mark this came out in 71 but it's a three-part single that was a number 1 R&B hit. Let's listen to a taste of it. Let's see why this yeah. is let's see why this is the your favorite on the record. Let's get
4: into it.
0: Ah! Hot pants. That's where it's at
4: that's where it's at <laughs> Hot pants Smoking He's just like Jigs in hot fans. Hot pants Smoking <laughs>
0: Smoking Smoking You look like Well done My feet I mean it's just They just He's And then it's And then it's It's eight more minutes of this yeah. Eight more minutes. A love song to a woman's <laughs> posterior. Hot pants. You can see your legs. Smoking. <laughs> she doing it because she trying to get stuff.
3: <laughs> I love that. Oh, man. All right. Let Let's let me look at I, I that. Listen, that's a great song. The birth of bo- booty music. Birth of booty music, man. Uh, talking loud and saying Nothing. Uh ooh. I like that one. Critic Robert Christow, hope I said his name right, called it the loosest and most infectious of Brown's mainly socially conscious jams. Let's see how loose this is.
0: Talking loud?
3: Let's hear this is talking loud saying nothing.
0: How's that, Ron?
3: Okay. Always has to start with him talking. (laughs) One. One, two, three, hit it.
0: (laughs) You know, I
3: forget everything I said at the beginning of it.
0: <laughs> I really feel
3: bad about that now. I really do. I sincerely do. I feel like I shouldn't have said, I spoke out of my ass at the beginning. Yes, they all sound the same. To a point.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: That doesn't mean they're not good. No, it's it's that the funk timing on all of them. But each one is, you know, totally different than the one before.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, fucking hot pants just rules, man. That rules.
0: Hot pants! <laughs> it's so Fuck hot. it!
3: Uh, let's see. We're talking Loud. What are they? It uh, doesn't really have any of the... Um, yeah, this doesn't really have any of the um, the songs that were sampled. Uh, Get Up. Get Into It. Get Involved. uh was sampled. Eric B. is President by Eric B. and Rakim. Set It Off by Big Daddy Kane. Nas's Where Are They Now and Public Enemies Bring the Noise. Soul Power. Uh, man, I love this. This is this is the re-edit. It was released as a three-part single at 71. Went to number three in the R&B and 29 in pop. Uh, parts of this track were sampled on Red Man's Rated R. Yeah. Tupac's Gotta Get Mine. Yeah. Uh, musicians that covered this. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. Can we find this? Hold on. Let's pull it up. Let me see if I can find this. Here you go. Wait, here. Let's listen to... Um... <laughs> You know what's funny? Every time I play one of the songs, uh, we both just—it's like you
4: can't not move. You
3: can't not. All right, now here let me play. Here's Smashing Pumpkins version of this. Is I'm so excited to hear this right now.
0: So pow.
3: You know what I noticed? Neither of our heads bobbed.
4: I was trying to.
3: (laughs) Here's some random facts about this record. Uh, This is the first time we've talked about James Brown on the 500, but we will see him two more times way down the road. Star Time comes in at number 75, while Live at the Apollo 1962 comes in at number 25. Um, We always talk about that new list that came out in 2020. Mm Mm-hmm. The album didn't make the cut for the 220 list. Uh, Star Time went up to 20, went up 21 spots to 54. And Live at the Apollo 1962 dropped 40 spots to 65. Uh, and then Sex Machine didn't make the cut for the 2012 list, but found its way uh, in at 439 on the t- 220 re- I can't talk today. 2020 re-rank. So the new list is very like socially conscious. Mm-hmm. It came out right after you know uh brianna taylor yeah this, this is the 500 no 500 greatest albums okay. they released a, a updated 2020 list and it was right after george floyd and like basically the 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 racial reckoning that needed to be recognized in our country mm-hmm. and but the new list was like it was like i was like who did the list brianna taylor did she <laughs> did she put it in Did she put her 500 greatest albums in Cause it was like, dude, like Aquemini was at number 500 and it moved to like number 40. And I was like, look, I'm not saying Aquemini is not a great record, but to jump 500, like almost 460 spots.
4: It's a lot of spots.
3: It's a lot of spots. And then, and then, and then on the other hand, uh, number one, which is Sergeant Pepper dropped to number 25. And I was like, come on, don't cancel me everybody. I'm sorry that I have my opinions.
4: You're entitled to it. It's like an asshole. Hot pants. That's how you get hot out of it. opinions. <laughs> Smoke it. Let me
3: see if I got some good questions for us.
4: Hey, this is Dewey Halpus, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from No Effects and Ian MacKay from Fugazi and Minor Threat. We go all over the map, from Fallout Boy to Slayer. Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.
3: What is your favorite era of James Brown? So we've got the famous Flames early days, back when he was doing the, the cape routine. We have the middle years when he produced uh, incredible works like Sex Machine, and then the proto-punk era with the big band filled uh, out with people like Bootsy Collins. Who do you think... Which James
4: is your favorite? When I close my eyes and think about James Brown, it's the uh, it's the James with the cape. Yes. And, you know, I'm done. No, I'm not. I'm back. <laughs> that shit is always going to be dude. funny to me. It's fly as fuck. That, hands down, favorite James. Who do you
3: think is a better performer than James Brown? Is he? Because the hardest working man in show business, I mean, you can imagine. It's like, all right, look, like I'm a huge Otis Redding fan. Mm-hmm. And much like the James Brown with the cape and they walk him off stage and he runs back and does shit, Otis Redding was doing that shit too. With the cape? Not with a cape, but if there's a really cool like video of Try a Little Tenderness where he's performing it and like he'll he'll keep going off stage and then the guy, the announcer for the show comes up and goes, That's Otis Redding. And then he, then Otis Redding storms out the back and just like, But get the
0: got the, got the get the down and little it.
3: <laughs> it just keeps going and going and going. I, I would say I would definitely say uh Cape James Brown but also whatever era was mugshot James Brown is fucking <laughs> funny as fuck too. Um so you're going with Cape? I'm going with Cape. Do you credit James Brown with inventing the funk genre? Who else would we could we say?
4: I mean When when did Parliament start?
3: Um checking right now.
4: I know James Brown was no older than those guys.
3: It says James Brown. If you Google who invented funk, it literally just says James Brown.
4: Then yeah. I mean, and if he didn't, he perfected it. I mean, if but it just,
3: yeah. this is and everything I'm typing in. It just says, yeah, who's, what's the first funk song? Papa's got a brand new bag. Yeah. But I would say parliament, parliament came out. Parliament was funky. Parliament Funkadelic. I love Dude. But Parliament started as as a fucking like acid rock band, almost. They came out in ni- the 1960s. 1968. He has nine children, by the way. Possibly 13.
1: Whew. Yeah. Um,
4: 1953. 1915 is when he started performing. 1953. 53. Is, is when he started performing. But when did Papa's got a
3: brand new back? Let me find out. Came out
4: 1965. Okay. Wait. Parliament, you said 63? I think so. But,
3: like I said, I don't think early Parliament is doing this.
4: Is doing, I don't know. God. You know what? Can we find their first song? Yes. Hold on. Let me do it. And and judge how funky it is? Yes. That's
3: a very good
4: point.
0: Parliament. Parliament parliament Fungadelic.
3: <laughs> what was there? It was called I Wanna Testify. All right, hold on. Peter, you're gonna play this, okay? Here we go. The Parliaments.
4: little funky but knowing that james started it in in 53 i imagine that his sound was funkier before parliament so yeah it's just james here we go got it.
3: papa's just
4: just
3: Papa yeah I, I i listen too funky. you've heard fun. it here james brown created funk Um, let me see. Any other questions? Uh, here we got a lot of stories about James Brown, not all positive, but always interesting from the time he shot up a club in Macon, Georgia, gunning for rival singer, Joe Tex, the way he treated his band, his open support of Nixon on the campaign trail and the numerous violent incidents with his wives over the years. What does it say about him? That he came from such impoverished beginnings Wrestled with demons his whole life And still managed To achieve what he did Came from came from nothing
4: it Basically created
3: a genre of music
4: If you're gonna be A dirtbag Make it funky <laughs> I like
3: that I like that a lot He did his own thing
4: he did his own thing. I'm not, you know, never gonna try to justify or excuse the the bullshit shit. But he made it funky.
3: He did make it funky. Um, what do I think about that? I mean, look, I feel like if you're gonna if you're gonna be the kind of performer that James Brown is, you're not mentally stable. And also to find out that you grew up probably had a hard life. You know what I mean? Was poor, fought for everything. And, and you know, you kind of have to, like, look at Kanye. Kanye is a good example. It came from nothing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he, now he's a billionaire. But, but Kanye is certifiably crazy.
4: I don't know if I'd call him crazy.
3: What would you call him? Eclectic. You don't think, dude, he fucking, how do you think that, he just broke up with Julia Fox because he spent two days ago just fighting for Kim Kardashian online.
4: Him and Julia Fox broke up? They just broke up, yeah. Oof. Uh, I mean, he's going through a lot. He's trying to get his family back together and reposting all these hilarious Pete Davidson memes. I am so proud of Pete Davidson. I've never been prouder of my friend's penis. <laughs>
3: Pete, I've seen it. you probably seen it, too. I've never, I've never seen it. penis, never...
4: but I'm very proud of Pete. Yeah, I know. Look, uh, to, to, to be at the
3: forefront of something, you have to see things differently. You have to live a different life. Um... And then also you make a lot of money in the 70s and the sixties and the seventies and the eighties. times you, you start doing drugs and you do drugs, you know, and you like look at Rick James and all the stories about Rick James. Yeah. Rick James was not even close to being on the level of James Brown. But so Rick was dope. But Rick's Rick's very dope. Uh but but yeah, I, I, I think that just says that you have to be somewhat mentally unstable. Yeah. Uh to to do that kind of genius. Um What do you think is the funniest thing about James Brown's act?
4: Eddie covered it perfectly in delirious. He, you don't understand what he's saying some of the times. The band probably didn't understand what he was saying, but they understood each other enough to make fire tracks. I believe it. I, 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 I look. It's he,
3: every- comedy,
0: Parmesan. Pom-
3: <laughs> Hold on. What do I have? Oh, uh, we even though we, since we had the Super Bowl yesterday, Brown has a halftime performance on his resume. Do you know that? Pa- playing Super Bowl thirty-one in New Orleans alongside ZZ Top and the Blues Brothers, shit. Uh, Brett Favre and the Packers beat the Patriots in that game, thirty-five to twenty-one. Money. We got some Patreon questions. This is from TJ Gillespie. This album is essentially on the five hundred list for one drum break in one song. Funky drummer, should this be on an album list or just on the 500 greatest song list? It's a good question, TJ. Thank you for that.
4: Well, I think because it is like a compilation album of of a bunch of different shit, it does, does it make it an album?
3: We talk about this all the time about a compilation or a greatest hits, do they deserve no, like, to be on it? I don't know. I, I, I always think it's kind of a cop-out, but I get it because Bob Marley Legend is an album. It's an album of songs mm-hmm. and it's one of the greatest albums selling albums of all time. Yeah. So you have to talk about it. Um, I, you know, being completely honest, I actually agree with you, TJ. If, if what you're saying is, I think this song should be under the like high up on the 500 greatest songs list because it's it
4: spawned so many, others. so
3: many others, funky drummer. Yes. There's some other stuff on here. Yeah. They're fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this deserves to be on the 500 greatest albums list. I don't think I would put it on there. If I was making a collection of, of some of the stuff that I've seen left off, Mm -hmm. I'm like, you could have put tears for fears. uh, One of their records on the one with all the hits.
4: If it has to stay high, high four hundreds.
3: Yeah, for sure. For sure. So you are with me. Yep. Okay. And this is from Justin Nemec. I hope I said your name, right? So for you, he prefaces it by saying, "Rest in peace, Danny Ray, James Brown's longtime cape man and MC, who died one year ago." Uh, is there an argument against him as the greatest of all time hype man? Ooh. Who would be the greatest of all time hype man? Okay, Mr. So- Wendell from from Arrested Development.
4: <laughs>
3: the white dude with the cane from Mighty Buddy Boston's.
4: I mean, Flav of Flav was a great hype man.
3: <sighs> yep, that's it. No, we're done. Flav
4: of Flav was a great bi- hype man. Diddy, Diddy was a great hype man. I
3: would have thought, but even Diddy was such a good hype man that he had his own hype man, Farnsworth Bentley.
4: Well, that was that was more like a man servant, a man, a man butler.
3: So, so we've decided the greatest of all time is.
4: I mean flavor flavor, I think flavor, I think you're right flavor Flav.
3: um all right, these are the questions I ask every guest shoot favorite song on the record,
4: favorite song on this album, yes, I'm going with hot pants just because of how it makes me feel uh and no no, the idea of how he came up with the title um <laughs>
3: I, I can't disagree with you it's it's definitely moved its way into my tops. Uh, I I think I'm gonna go with the opening track. I I just think that it's it's such a good song. I, I mean, it's a new day, man. I fucking loved it. And I, maybe it was just because it was the first song that I put on for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, least favorite track on the record.
4: I wasn't really f- fucking with the give it up or turn it a loose remix.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with get up, get into it, get involved. Um,
4: that one too. I didn't. Yeah, I was like, eh.
0: Wasn't
3: one of my lead, look, I'm not saying these are bad. but no, no. you have to pick one, uh, what song on this record would you fuck to? <laughs>
0: Probably hot pants. Hot pants. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I think I would fuck to. Uh, I mean, first of all, you can pretty much fuck to any song except for "Get Up, Get Into It, Get Involved." That's a little too. too
2: unless the girl's just
3: completely just laying there and you're like, "Get up, get <laughs> into get in, it." Get, don't be a starfish. Get involved. <laughs> Why am I doing all the work?
4: I don't know if you can fuck to any song. This-
3: That's what I'm fucking do. Get up, get into it, get involved just to give it so there's directions. Um, and we already kind of answered the last question. Um, so, I'll, so, I'll, so I'll change it a little bit. Um, why do kids of the younger generation need to listen to this record?
4: I think that a lot of the music the kids are listening to now, being that it's all like snippets and, and it'll be just a hook that they can TikTok to uh to appreciate music, they gotta know where it came from. Yeah. I think that's important. I feel bad for the the young generation, these Gen Z kids because they don't got no good fuck songs, man.
3: They don't Who, who's making good Jeremiah
4: Jacques? Uh, I don't know. I don't.
3: You better put on some Maxwell, right? <laughs> You better put take it up, take it back. What do you, what do you fuck to? What Bro, do, you, do? I have you... a
4: whole playlist, so of do I. Vibes, what is it? Straight up vibe. I got a little Sade on there, nice. little, little uh, little boys to men. Uh, oh, yeah, I can say it, dude. <laughs> but, I mean, he makes booty music. But the whole time that when an R. Kelly song is playing, we're having sex. I put my fingers in my ear and go, la 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 la.
3: <laughs> I do, uh, I do massive attack. Okay. Uh, I do British trip hop, Massive Attack, Portis Head. Uh, And then I was just looking recently. And if you go on Spotify, Dark Lord Spotify, and you type in sex music, there's a playlist called music to have sex to. And it's all like SZA and like downbeat tempo stuff. Very, very sexy. Like every song is like,
0: and you're worth it. The way you work it. (laughs) Girl, you're perfect.
3: My voice sounds good right now, man. Killing it. Um, promote away. What do you want to promote?
4: Uh, well, I'm at I'm at the comedy clubs around the city all the time. It, on Instagram, it's just Matt was funny. M A T T was funny, and uh, be on the lookout for this weird ass. Upside Down special, man. It's gonna be crazy.
3: It's gonna be great. If you guys are in New York, or if Matt's in your city, go see him. He's a great dude, extremely funny, great energy. I love you, buddy. And I'm, I'm so, too, man. so happy this work. I'm so happy you came in.
4: I'm glad I accepted the offer.
3: <laughs> what did I tell you? What did I tell you? The one and only Matt Richards. Follow him on all social media at MattWasFunny. Matt. Was funny. Matt was funny and uh, be on the lookout for his special it's going to be great man super talented dude I love him I love him I love him for listener shout out I want to give a big shout out to Kevin Donnelly he's on Instagram at the Kevin Donnelly T-H-E-K-E-V-I-N-D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y he was one of the first people that hit me up with uh, Patty got that good good guys if you're paying attention send messages listen to the song we tell you what to write fucking write it for new music we've got hiatus coyote from melbourne australia uh you're listening to the song chivalry is not dead off their 220 221 album mood valiant it's rules though and you can find all the links on the website the500podcast.com send us your songs because we want to play them next week oh we got a fucking goodie for you it's sonic youth week we're going through their 1988 record daydream nation and i may have a guest uh that is a part of this band i'm so i'm so excited to have her on do your
1: homework.
2: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW report void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
0: Well, hey friends, my name is Zach Lupiton. You may know me from the band Dust Bowl Revival, but I also host a music discovery podcast called The Show on the Road. For the last five seasons, I've been able to dive deep and have intimate chats with folks like the Lumineers, Andy DeFranco, Peck.